one, it's not as difficult as you think. Yeah. Um, two, it's cheap. You can actually open a hobbyist account and prototype like up to five experiences for nothing. Mm -hmm. And the account stays open forever. So, um, you know, once you start actually applying them to your learning experiences, you'll need to get a license. But, you know, Zapper lets you get in there and just play with it for a minute and and see if it's going to work for you, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think of it as every just like every other tool in your tool belt. Right. So. We have lots of tools. We have Storyline. We have video editing software. We have sometimes video recording software. We have um, animated videos. We have micro learning, right? We have Adobe. Here's the thing. If you can create a PowerPoint slide, you can create a simple augmented reality experience. You already have the skill set. I'm going to say it one more time. You already have it. Hello and welcome to the Making Better podcast, where we talk about how to make ourselves, our teams, and our organizations better. Whether you are a business leader, a learning development professional, a technical trainer, this show will give you actionable insights to help you improve your own performance and the performance of those around you. Our guest today is Betty Danowitz. Betty is a learning solutions architect at Blanchard and host of the If You Ask Betty podcast, where she helps learning professionals at all levels improve their skills and think about design differently. She is also a passionate advocate of XR solutions in learning, which is why she is on the show today. I met Betty a few months ago, and we have gotten to know each other quite well through working on ATD's Technology Conference. I wanted to have her on today to talk about her work in the XR space because I am as you've probably heard in recent shows, getting extremely passionate about this technology, and I'm hoping Betty can help me figure it out. Before we get into the discussion, I need to remind you that if you are not a subscriber, make sure to take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss a future episode. And if you're already a subscriber, I would love it if you would take a moment to share this show with at least one other person, because that is how we grow. I can't tell you how much it means to me So with that, let's get into the discussion. Betty, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing I'm doing good. Doing really good. It's it's Friday, which doesn't really matter on a podcast, but (laughs) for me it does. I mean, yeah. What's not to love about that? Yeah, exactly. It's always nice to end the week with, you know, a little bit a little recording a little friendly little conversation. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 So I I think you and I, at least from my point of view, need to be classified as really close friends because we have done karaoke together and you actually introduced me to karaoke you this is one Uh, thing that you really like what 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 is with your love for karaoke yeah so okay so i've been fascinated with it for a long time like but up until about hmm, five years ago i had a crippling fear of singing in front of people Mm. uh like to the point where i was like like i could get up and speak to you know 500 people and have absolutely nothing planned to say. And I probably be just fine. It's a little nervous, but not that bad. But the idea of singing in front of people makes me want to just like melt. Um, at least it did for a long time. And then I had my, sort of like my first jab at it. And I was like, that was horrible. I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> and then uh, what I found is that when you, when you get a bunch of people together, like they don't even have to know each other. Yeah. And they can have a great time because we're, you know, music sort of creates this community, right? So like most recently when we were at DevLearn in Las Vegas, we did um 
uh, I set up a private karaoke room, which is really the best way to go. But you and I sing in a public one, which works too. It's fine. (laughs) Um, But private karaoke, you don't have to wait for everybody else. And I had probably 30 people there from all over the globe, all different areas of L&D. A lot of them didn't even know each other. And they come in and they sing songs and all of a sudden they're like singing together because they mm-hmm. we all know these songs and we mm-hmm. all have these, you know, deep connections. So it's a really fun way to kind of build camaraderie, even with people that even with people you don't necessarily know very well. Um, and one thing that's nice about the private room versus the public is in the public room, other people sing with you and get really close to you, but you, you don't really, you, you don't know them at all. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It can, it yeah, can get a little was... weird in the public places. It was it was very weird when we sang yes. at that one place in Alexandria. Yes. There was there was a lot of strangers and yes. touching and, and very close. You should back up, buddy. Yes, yeah. very, very close quarters. But that's that's part very of the close. experience too. But yeah, you're right. Like it is, it can be really just the ultimate icebreaker uh, to really give people a chance to get to know one another. And I I love how you just mentioned how it sounds like it was almost like a personal skill building activity for you of like breaking through some kind of. kind of barriers. That's, that's neat. Very cool. I mean, you know, we all have this thing that we're afraid to do that we've made huge in our head. And yeah. then you do it one day and you're like, Oh, that really wasn't that bad. Yes. Um, I'll just pick a different song next time, which is what <laughs> I did. And yes. um, yeah, so it's super fun. I actually, my daughter turned 21 this year and we booked a private room and took a bunch of our family and her friends up to do karaoke. And they were like, who are you, mom? Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is so much fun. Here, great. pick a song. Yeah. And we sang for like three hours and it was great. We had a good time. That's awesome. Well, you're, you're slowly selling me on it more and more. So, um, so this is, this is great. Well, to, yeah. to get into kind of the topic of the day, you know, like I mentioned in the intro, I've been, I'm getting really excited about, uh, VR and honestly, more specifically, AR. I, I, I think that those mixed reality experiences are really going to mm-hmm. be the future. How? But this is still. I've I've always been interested in it, but I've never really experienced it until very recently. Um, how long have you been playing around with this stuff, both yeah. semi seriously and seriously? Yeah, I, about five years. Okay. Um, I twenty eighteen. So that's five years. I so I went to uh, my first conference ever, uh, which was Realities Three Hundred and Sixty. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was part of the the guild, the Learning Guild, okay. and um, out in San Jose, California. And what had happened was, and I, and I don't think you've heard this story, so I'm going to go ahead mm-hmm. and tell it to you. Yeah. What had happened was, I was working for Ally Financial, and we had a meeting, both myself and my boss, with like the head of the department, and they were like, "Hey, what are you doing? That's innovative." And we were like. Uh, sometimes we bring donuts to class. <laughs> We're and, thinking about doing um, e-learning. <laughs> I mean, okay. you know, and it, she was like, mm, well, you need to do something that's innovative, maybe something like, I don't know, augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And I, she was a very forward thinking, you know, um, executive. And so we were like, okay, sure, we can look into that. So I literally went back to my desk and Googled what is augmented reality? Cause I didn't know what that was. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, well, well, this is Snapchat. And I was like, hmm, mm. what am I going to do with face filters when I'm trying to teach insurance operations? Yeah. Yes, it's as boring as it sounds. It's horrible. <laughs> um, even for the people that do it, they're like, yes. this is awful. I'm like, I know. 
So, so, so anyways, that kind of took us down this path going to the conference and I walked in and there was a sort of like this pre-conference workshop on getting started with AR. Perfect. We sit down and, um, there's this guy at the front of the room and he's got like a chin beard and like a black shirt on and he's like (laughs) messing around with the tech at the front. And so I thought what anybody would think, oh, it's the IT guy, right? (laughs) He's getting us all set up. And then he turned around. He's like, hello, everyone. My name is Destry and I'll be your facilitator today. And I looked at my boss and I was like, okay. This is getting real. And so we sat through Destry's class. And unfortunately, like so many people, we had you know, like laptops that were locked down by organizations Mm -hmm. so we could only get so far in learning how to build it. But afterwards, I made sure I was like, okay, I need to be friends with him because number one, he looks like the 90s. Like if you were to close your eyes and imagine the (laughs) 90s, you see Destry. Am I wrong? Okay, No, you are not wrong. Okay. And then also, um, because I'm going to need his help because I'm going to get only so far and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Somebody help me. Um, and so that's kind of where it started. And um, so I followed him around and, and bothered him a lot. And he helped me actually report out what I learned from that conference in an augmented reality experience. And awesome. that's when I fell in love with it. Yes. And I was like, this is the shit. We have to do this more. Uh, and yeah. And so I started working on implementing it right there at uh, at, Ally Insur- at Ally, Ally Financial in the insurance area. So what did, when you say you reported out on the conference using it, what did you do? What, what did you create? So so I created an experience. I wonder if it's still, it's got to still be around somewhere. Probably. I created an experience where when you scanned it, it opened up a menu with like multiple different places you could tap and in within those had like video report outs of what we learned. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did the videos in Snapchat. So they were augmented reality videos. Um, At the time that was the, that was like Instagram hadn't even picked up the whole face filters thing yet at that point. Snapchat was the only one doing it. So, um, so yeah. So, and then there was like a couple of links out to like other things we could learn how to do. There was a link to Zapper to be able to sign up for their hobbyist account and things like that. So it was neat to be able to explain augmented reality with an AR experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you say you scan, so somebody would like, was like a QR code that somebody would scan with their phone and then. Yeah. At the time, at the time it was a zap code. So Zapper used to have their own app Well, they still do have it, but Mm They also now do web AR, which you can do with a QR code. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, it was the Zapper app and the Zapper code. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah. that was actually the next thing that I wanted to ask you about because so Zapper, I learned about through you, one of your posts when you were, I think, speaking in a conference for them. Um, that, whether it's them or like, what are the what's the current state of tools in terms of if I want to build stuff for AR, how much is out there? How uh-huh. easy? How easy is it? Well, it depends on who you are. Are you in marketing? Are you in learning? Are you Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. game design? Right? So uh, in learning, we have a budget of $8. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Everyone has $8. You need (laughs) to spend it right. Um, I would say that, like we always say that we're a product agnostic, but we definitely have favorites. Right. And Zapper is a favorite because of two reasons. One, it's cheap and easy. Okay. This, those are um, really important characteristics in all the things I do say, feel. It's got to be cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. And then also they have sort of like this 
this mission to democratize AR. So they're mm. going. That means that to me, that means it's going to stay mm-hmm. cheap and easy. They want everyone to be able to do it. Um, and I think that's pretty amazing because that shows that they're not, I mean, I know they have to make money, but I don't feel like they're necessarily, that's the only driver, which is great. Um, that really lines up with my values. So I'm a big fan of Zapper. There are other ones out there. Wicketude, I think is what it's called. Um, Blipar now has a consumer facing, um, app opportunity, bundle AR, but I'll tell you, they all vary in, the the skill set that you need to actually build in them mm-hmm. and then they all vary in price like dramatically yes like zapper you can you can get for you can start out like around 800 dollars us a year which by the way is way cheaper than storyline or beyond or mm-hmm. any other of those tools mm-hmm. um but then like you go to bundle ar and it's like 275 a month ish please mm-hmm. see their website because i might be wrong about that mm-hmm. but like so that's uh that's a massive yeah. difference. Yeah. And so it's really depends on, you know, what's the investment you want to make? Do you want to build it or do you want somebody else to build it? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to upskill your folks? Uh, I know Zapper offers a, a class. I don't, I feel like this is a, a commercial for them. Sorry. That's just, that wasn't trying to do that, but, yeah. but it's working out. So, um, but they have like a class, like especially for AR and learning, which mm-hmm. I built and myself and Destry teach oh, nice. to kind of help people think through and ideate how can you use AR and learning solutions and then how do you actually build them? Um, so there's lots of opportunity. If you if you're a Unity developer, you can develop AR in Unity. That's a thing. Okay. Um, but that is again like a completely different skill set and unlikely to be found in learning yeah. or marketing for that yeah. matter. Yeah. So is that helpful? Yes. No, I think it is. I mean, let's keep going down this path. You just mentioned all the different ways that you can do it. Cause I think that's one of the things that there's probably two limitations that people have when it comes to AR. One is, is a skill set or an uncertainty about the skill set mm-hmm. required. But then there's also just the imagination of it, of what am I going to do with this? You know, and I think yeah. I, before the show, I was mentioning, uh, so when I present at ATD Technology here in a few months, specifically to help with, me get with hold on with lavar burton yes with lavar burton absolutely um, it's very important it that is. we let people know that lavar burton will be there so you should come everybody okay, if you haven't yet go check out the atd technology conference it's going to be in la this year which means it's going to be awesome mm-hmm. and our main host is lavar burton our, 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 he our is speaker the, he's the closing keynote yes I'm going to introduce them. They're going to have to call the cops. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Yes. Okay. So everybody <laughs> come be there for that. Yep. And it's tech, it's technology, right? Like it's meant to be kind yeah. of forward thinking. And so even though it's not the primary part, it's not what I'm talking about. I want to include some AR. I've been thinking about including AR in it so that people could pull up their phone and there could be some other element to the experience that they could have. Sure. And that's super practical. Like that's the kind of thing that any yeah. facilitator could do of just like, so So, what are some various ways that people can think about or that I can think about how to incorporate something AR related into a facilitated experience? Sure. Um, and then what well, does work- it take to create yeah. that? Let's workshop yours right now. What are you speaking on? So I am speaking on how to basically how to make the most out of user generated content. So how learning oh. teams can create systems and practices to get more out of the content that the, the rest of the company creates. So give me an example. I mean, I think I understand, but I want to make sure the people listening do. So it's going to be, a, there's going to be kind of a whole, uh, 
series of steps that we walk through where part of it is creating uh, creating good templates for people to create content out in the company so that they're not starting from scratch and they're sending you these like really horrible slide decks with different fonts and everything like that. You know, so it starts by just making templates. It then also is making, you know, training them how to train, you know, so creating kind of like a train the trainer course that you can then facilitate for everybody and then creating a system for intake evaluation and publishing so that it's not just all these random questions or presentations sure. or whatever that get shot at you, but so that you have an actual systematic way of processing through them. So a couple of ideas come to mind. Right. One with, is the templates. So the templates I'm assuming are some, some sort of document. Yes. Okay. So in this document, you could create basically a digital overlay so that when you scanned, like, let's say we put the QR code on the document, when you scan the QR code, it reveals the document completed so that they can see what good looks like. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. they can take that with them. And every time they look at a template, they can see what good looks like when they scan it. That's one way. Mm -hmm. um, another way would be if you wanted to provide them additional resources on sort of like the steps. So you mm -hmm. could create an AR experience, which has the steps. And then inside each step might be a short video of you explaining it one more time. Mm -hmm. And then links to any any external uh, templates or resources that might help them. Mm -hmm. um, and if you give that, give that to them on some sort of card or put it on a website that they can go and access, because the thing is once they scan it and leave, if they close that browser, they can't get back to it. You have to give them that trigger. You have yeah. to give them that code. Yeah. So however you can do that. And if you wanted to do it on paper, like I said, you could give it to them on something the size of a business card, or you can put it on your website so that they can just go to, you know, um, I heard Matt speak.com, whatever, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. scan it. Mm -hmm. um, that's not available by the way, but it would be cool. If it was. <laughs> that would be neat. Uh, it, it would be cool. Um, but, and they could scan it and then they can get those resources anytime that they need them. So in terms of the re like what is possible, like, again, like thinking about in a facilitated session, let's say I have a code that can get scanned up on the screen. Mm -hmm. What can I create to pop up? Like, is it just something that comes up on their phone or can I, can it be kind of like you think about like with the mixed reality, like glasses where it's like, you're like seeing through the, through your phone camera and there's something additional out there in the space. Yes. So like what's possible? Yes. So both, both okay. things are possible. Um, what would be really fun is what we call, a lot of times we call it the CEO experience or the trainer on the table. So basically you take a video with a green screen background, mm -hmm. and then when you put it into Zapper, you remove the background. So now it's an alpha video mm -hmm. and we can actually set it up so that it looks like when they scan, you pop up on their desk and you're about six inches tall Yes, and you talk to them about whatever it is you want to remind them of. Um, you can point at different buttons that are also on the screen, um, that type of thing. That one's always super fun. Uh, people love the idea of having that little pocket-sized trainer. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking... That's, one, that's another way that you could do it. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking John Hammond in Jurassic Park when he's like talking to himself. <laughs> yes. Do you have that hat? Do you have the hat? <laughs> I can find one. Because <laughs> if you do, that could be amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So lot, there's lots of things that you could do. It's really a matter of thinking about what it is that you want to be more dynamic yeah. in your in your uh, session. Yeah. And then what do you want them to take with them that we could put into sort of an AR experience? 
And I think that's the key thing. And I think this comes up with all technologies. This is huge in AI right now of people using AI more as a buzzword than as a thing that it's just like a, it's a neat idea or tool, but they haven't really thought about, okay, but like, what are we really trying to solve here? Is there, and Mm -hmm. so with AR kind of on the point you were just making, what, how can we think about where this really has added value. It's, you know, the the little six inch mm-hmm. me on the table is really cool, but how do I know if that's adding something? Like what, what's, what, sure. how can I think through that? So one of the ways, uh, okay, back it up. Yeah. So one thing that I have done in the last five years is a- ask that question, right? Because I know that like I could make an interactive business card which is great, except we don't really give out business cards anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could put it on my uh, on my um, signature, my email signature, and then people can scan it and get a personalized message from me. That increases engagement and mm-hmm. makes your inter- your first interaction with me even more dynamic. But I think you're looking for something a little deeper. And what I would say is this: I would say that AR is great for adding context. It's great for providing just-in-time learning. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, uh, a buddy of mine, his name is Mike Peacock. I've told this story like four times this month. So if y'all heard it, sorry, here it comes again. (laughs) He works for Aristocrat Gaming in Las Vegas. And they make, you guessed it, slot machines, right? Which are not, there's no slot on them anymore. But nevertheless, games. So they've been using AR for many years, at least five years, And a couple of ways that they do it is one, they put codes inside the cabinet. So that's what the slot machine is called. It's actually actually in a cabinet. And so you open up the game cabinet and inside they can scan. And basically, instead of carrying around, um, you know, a a user manual, they can access quite quickly through augmented reality what it is that they need. And if there's a piece or a part that they need to be able to see, they can create, there can be a 3D rendering of it that they can see right there in their space, move it around, look at it, um, and be able to sort of diagnose the problem in that Mm -hmm, way. mm -hmm. They also use it for their customers. So they put um, augmented reality codes on poker chips and give them out to their clients so that when their clients have a broken machine, they can scan it to number one, either troubleshoot it themselves, Mm -hmm. so that gives them some options for troubleshooting it. And then two, how do you contact us so that they're not trying to remember, how, you know, they don't got to Google it. They just scan this poker chip, which, by the way, their customers now collect because they love them. They, they've become like a collectible. Awesome. So it's they use it both internally and externally facing to provide context, provide step-by-step instructions, just-in-time learning, mm-hmm. uh, those types of things. Yeah. I think the fun part is that, that we can add more uh, dynamic. We can create. 360 virtual tours with augmented reality Mm -hmm. and nobody ever has to put a headset on. Mm -hmm. They can just scan and look around through their phone. Um, Destry and I did one for ATD where we got to go and visit um, the Alamo, uh, which we didn't actually get to do because the COVID had stolen our conference experience. That was sort of the whole ATD uh, scavenger hunt theme. And we got to go visit the Alamo and he, now we, every time we talk about that, we get to talk about the basement and how there's no, there's no basement at the Alamo and only (laughs) Gen Xers get that. And everyone else just kind of glosses over like, what is she talking about? As an elder millennial, I still get that joke. (laughs) I'm not a millennial, but I do love that you think I am. I am very, I'm very flattered that you think I'm a millennial. Yeah. Um, 
And just to to put a point on it, just in case anybody's wondering, the, the great thing about all this stuff is that there isn't, it, and maybe it used to, but it doesn't require an extra app or anything. It's just your phone camera that's accessing the information. Um, and so it's all, it can all be seamless. Yeah, it's called it's called Web AR. Web so AR. basically you scan a QR code, which anyone who's lived through the pandemic knows what a QR code is. Yeah. Um, and you scan the QR code and it launches a website, which then that website launches the experience. Yeah. I'll never forget, I think probably one of the first times I ever saw a QR code used for training, and it was probably kind of AR as well, is it was uh, a QR code that was put up on the wall next to a thermostat in the office. And it said, scan this to learn how to fix the thermostat. And you would scan it. And it was a picture of the facilities guy going, or it was a video of him going, don't touch the thermostat. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Because people will scan that shit. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. They see a code. They pull out their phone. They're like, yes. I wonder what this is. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Also, I hated that about working in an office yeah. is that I could not control the thermostat. Yeah. And I was always blazing hot it's always too hot or too cold in every office yep. in the world it just is a rule yep yeah it's true everything's on or off awesome okay um well i think that's help i think that's helpful that's helpful for me i love that idea of thinking through so it's really good at giving additional context it's really great for yep. just in time learning i think that's that's mm -hmm. that's i think the future of this especially i do believe you know generative when when we can start to mix generative AI to create AR experiences like on the fly, that'll be really cool for like just in time yeah. stuff. Don't think that's not in progress. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm sure. sure somebody's working on that. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, yeah. And the, the, the name of the game with all this is going to be just how, how quickly can you make, put it into a form factor that is both easy to access and like fast mm -hmm. enough that it can be. Yeah. Real time. Because we got to have everything really fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super fast. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Any, what else, anything else people should be thinking about if, if they're just diving into, into AR, what, what are common things that you see? Any, any other common things, questions that people have or mistakes that people make? Mm -hmm. um, well, I'll, I'll say a couple of things. One, it's not as difficult as you think. Yeah. Um, two, it's cheap. You can actually open a hobbyist account and prototype like up to five experiences for nothing mm. and the account stays open cool. forever. So, um, you know, once you start actually applying them to your learning experiences, you'll need to get a license. But, you know, Zapper lets you get in there and just play with it for a minute and and see if it's going to work for you, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think of it as every just like every other tool in your tool belt. Right. So. We have lots of tools. We have Storyline. We have video editing software. We have sometimes video recording software. We have um, animated videos. We have micro learning, right? We have Adobe. Here's the thing. If you can create a PowerPoint slide, you can create a simple augmented reality experience. You already have the skill set. I'm going to say yeah. it one more time. You already have it. Everything transfers. If you know how to work Adobe programs, you can make a complicated one because Adobe is complicated as shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a hate-love relationship with Adobe. I absolutely hate the process, but I typically love what comes out of it. Mm -hmm. But I the process makes me want... There's a reason I'm going bald back here. <laughs> it's Adobe. Um, right? So, but, but like, if you can do that, you can make it um, an even more complicated one. So you already have the skills that you need to do it. Yeah. But AR 
and just XR in general, that stuff all begins in design. Mm -hmm. So what you don't want to do is roll out a program. You can do this, but it's it's not the most efficient way. And then go back and say, oh, I bet you I can make this AR. And with your existing stuff, that might be a good way actually to get started. But going forward, as you're building out your design, be thinking about what could I do? What, where in this design could I take some contextual information and make it more engaging, mm-hmm. make it more dynamic, make it so that they are breaking their concentration with the e-learning that I'm in and using their mobile device, which by the way, they love, they love it. <laughs> we are all in love all with love our mobile devices. Yes. And so now you're taking, you're having them take something that they love. They're looking at it. They're learning. They're getting a dopamine hit. They're getting the blue light effect. And then they're going back to their e-learning and they can't wait to scan again Mm -hmm. because they've gotten that sort of hit Mm. from the dopamine. So we should, I think we should capitalize on that, right? It's not, we're not, look, we're not addicting people to like, they're already addicted. We're just taking advantage of that addiction um, and using it to help them learn better. So that's kind of the things that I I typically find myself saying a lot um, is that, you know, you already have the skills to do this. It's cheaper and easier than you think. Um, And and let's break that concentration so that they can refresh. Just think of it every time they go into their phone, it's like a refresh. One other thing I mentioned is we were talking about great ways to use it. So context, just-in-time learning. I would also say knowledge checks. Now, you notice I didn't say skill checks, mm-hmm. but knowledge checks. Skill checks, maybe. Knowledge checks for sure. So if you just want to check in and say, give them a five-question quiz to say, hey, did you hear this? Did you Do you do you remember what you learned a minute ago? Mm-hmm. This is a great way to, again, take them out of whatever they were learning it from and do it in AR. And then there's a, you can be more dynamic in the, in the type of rewards you give, for example. Yeah. Um, giving like a non-credentialed badge. So they can take a selfie and an augmented reality selfie so that there's digital content overlaid, like says, you know, I, you know, I, I passed the test or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they can post that on social. And that again is, is activating that dopamine. I'm mm-hmm. doing it down here, but it's really up here, mm-hmm. but like it makes your heart feel good. Mm-hmm. And so, and so we're sort of capitalizing on that and, and the fact that people love to take selfies. They all do. Yes. Even the people that say they don't, Destry, everyone. Everyone loves to take selfies. selfies. Yeah. How speaking of since, since in learning we're obsessed with tracking everything, how easy oh. for something like that? How easy is it to kind of close that? Because I'm imagining one of the great things listening to you what you were just saying, I feel like one of the great things about it is it doesn't have to be tied to like an LMS. You don't have to, you don't have to send an email that right. says like go log into the LMS. You just like send them an email with a QR code and you know let them let them do the thing on their phone. But then how easy is it to kind of close that loop and yeah. track it somewhere? Great question. So Zapper just a month ago released SCORM so that you can now export no way. And for real, analytics to SCORM. And you look like you're going to cry, like you're so happy. Yeah. So you can now export analytics to SCORM. And so in in the same way that you might use an external vendor to export their stuff, it's the same idea. You download a report, you upload it into your LMS. So they've got that. There's also good old-fashioned XAPI has always been available with augmented reality. Um, But but that SCORM thing, that's a big deal. And I remember having a conversation with them about a year ago, and they were showing myself and Destry like some of the things that they are coming down the pipe. And one of them was um, screen only. So basically, you scan and whatever you put is just stuck to the screen. So like a menu. Okay. 
And then they were talking about SCORM. And I said, do you guys understand that if you can get screen only and SCORM, it AR goes from being part of a blended learning experience to being a learning experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The whole thing could be an AR. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, I get to now I no longer have to say it's part of a blended, but that it is its own experience. Yeah. And I got to say that twice now. Well, three times if you count this. Yeah. Um, and every time I said it, I get goosebumps yeah. because I'm like, this could be if we could grab onto this, this could accelerate it so that AR is soon equal to other modalities like video e-learning, micro learning. It's just another option. Yeah. So talk, I want to stick on that point for just a second with the stick, sure. stick on the screen. What do you mean by that? So like you scan something and just, it's your whole screen. Is that all you yeah. mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, when you, um, look at like an Instagram yeah. story and it just fills up your whole yeah. screen, it's yeah. the same thing. It. Like it fills the whole screen. Oh, so it removes any, you, any kind of so you're not seeing, browser. You're not seeing the environment. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. then something in there activates the rest of the experience. So yes. you tap on this or swipe this, and then it'll move on to whatever else you build in that experience. So it's like a, it's the beginning. Yes. Just like the homepage of yes. any e-learning. Yes. And then the SCORM allows us to actually track that they completed all the pieces yes. within the experience. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I think earlier, the, the reason why I was having such a reaction to that is because I do everybody complains about SCORM and it's fine to complain about it because it does have its limitations. Yeah. But the reality is, is that 99% of organizations have a learning management system. They don't have the resources to do a lot with XAPI. They need to just have the basic reporting solved. And there's so many really cool learning applications that are getting built out there oh, yeah. that aren't able to crosstalk back to a learning management system. So it's neat and cool but at the end of the day, if I, if a giant part of my job is still compliance and making sure boxes are checked, if I can't check a box, I'm just not going right. to do it. I'm just not, not going to use, that, use that other thing. So that's, that's, yep. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have got me really excited, uh, even more excited than I was. So, so thank you for that. Good. Um, it's pretty to, good. To close out, we do have three questions that we kind of ask that we ask every guest. So the first one okay. is, "What is one book or podcast that everyone should listen to, and why?" Well, absolutely, check out the "If You Ask Betty" podcast. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've listened yes, at all, Matt, but um, like. Especially right now, because Loki season two, the 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 finale just ended. Just, don't say shh. I have not watched it yet. I haven't either. No spoiler. I, have, I haven't either. I'm, I'm waiting for my my daughter and I are finally getting through um, the Marvel movies, and so then I'm gonna have her watch Loki oh. season one, and then we can watch Loki mm. season two. I thought we were gonna be friends. That's a, no, that's a bummer. No, no, mm. it's it's fine. But um, anyways, <laughs> but we did do five episodes on how Loki is every learner. Um, it's okay. it's probably my favorite favorite series. Okay. Uh, so check check that out, um, especially if you're a Loki fan. The beginning of season three, there's three episodes on um, called "I Have Questions About Accessibility," and I brought in a lot of experts from around the globe and uh, really great conversations around what is accessibility, uh, what is you know what does L and D need to do with this, and then the third one is all about you know it's folks that. Are, that need accessible resources mm -hmm. and what is it like for them when they don't have it? Okay. And then what is it like for them when they do? Yeah. And so it's real world 
folks that are in learning um, application of this is why it's important. And so, um, so yeah, so, so those are, those are some good ones. Other podcasts. Hmm. Well, there's a couple others in L and D that I think are super cool. The L and D hot seat, mm-hmm. um, with Russell. I love Russell. He's, a, he's love yeah. you, man. Russell's he's a great. Yeah, recent, recent acquaintance. Really, really like him. He, he's a cool cat. You, yeah. Everyone needs to know Russell sweep. Look him up right yeah. now. Follow him. Um, other pocket, like I love like smartless because they're mm. just, have you ever, you've not, no, you've not, you don't know that Mm-mm. smartless is, um, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. Okay. And they're all hysterical in and of their own right. I may or may not have a long rooted crush on Jason Bateman. It's possible. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> uh, his dry humor is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that one's really cool. Um, books everyone should read um there's so, so many, many right now I mean, so many look at, look at me like <laughs> uh, yeah i and i like that they're rainbow color you yeah. got the rainbow thing going on that's cool um I, i'll tell you what i'm reading right now okay. i just started adam grant's new hidden hidden talents no nope, mm-hmm. that's not it hidden potential okay. maybe okay adam grant's new book. Adam grant's new book um uh, and my understanding is it's um, there's a lot in it about imposter syndrome. So, and you know, that's a passionate subject of mine. So yeah. excited about that one. Awesome. Okay. What for you, what is one mm-hmm. skill that has most helped you be successful in your life? Building relationships. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'll tell you, um, networking is, is a very important thing. Uh, I, I do it probably for different reasons than others. Like a lot of folks network so that, you know, when they need something, they they have somebody that they can reach out to. Um, I love to get to know people and spend time with them and, you know, try to find ways to help them find joy, mm-hmm. like karaoke, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not sure if you were, I don't know if you were having a good time, but I had a great time. I had a great so, time. I had a great, I had a blast. Okay, good. Yes. No, I love it. Good, yeah. good, good, good. That's what I've helped before. So, yeah. So that's what I would say is just sort of building relationships, maintaining those relationships um, has definitely helped me be successful for sure. Fantastic. And then as someone who has known, worked with, been inside lots of different organizations, what is the most common opportunity you see for organizations to improve talent development? I think the thing we all need to do is to think differently. And I would say that about think differently about how we solve problems, Mm -hmm. think differently about how we approach things like learning, how we approach things like uh, employee wellness, because if we keep doing the thing that we've always done, we'll keep getting the results we've always gotten. And Mm -hmm. it turns out we're not really happy with those results. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't met anybody who's super happy with Mm -hmm. results on any of those things. So we can drop the word innovative all we want, but it's really about thinking differently. I have to change the way that I'm thinking in order to change the way that my organization uh, thinks. So yeah, I know like, I think Apple had the um, think different was a logo or a a mantra they had a while back. I'm sure they've let that go now, but, um, but really that's something that I'm striving to do. And and AR and VR are a great platform for me. I even speak about podcasting a lot because I want people to think differently about how they design learning. We don't, you don't have to start in storyline. You can, 
Yeah. You totally can. There's yeah. fun things to do in Storyline. You don't have to start there. Yeah. You could start in seven taps. You could start in an AR experience. Um, you could start and, and make sure that every course you create has a practice in VR. Like it's po it's possible to do those things. But if you're not thinking differently, mm -hmm. if you're always thinking, well, okay, cookie cutter, here we go. Let's yep. do the next thing. Yep. You're never going to get there. There is a lot of inertia in all things in life. Do you, do you mm -hmm. feel it's, I always am, it's hard to judge where, whether there's like a lot of movement or the tides are turning or whatever you want to say about it. Like it, it feels like there's a lot of energy and discussion about doing L and D differently, but then I'm in the, we're, we're in the middle of that discussion kind of. So it's kind of hard, sometimes hard to judge. Like, is that a real thing that's happening? Is there a real change that's happening? Or is it yeah. just that there's always some kind of, there's always people talking about change. So this is a sensitive answer. Okay. So I think that <laughs> I think that there is a true desire, mm -hmm. um, especially on the side of creators, to do things differently. Not just because we're bored, because we are, mm -hmm. but because we see the value and the impact it makes as we if we try to move the way that we create learning to be closer to the way that we learn at home versus the way that we learn it at work. Because mm -hmm. Now that we actually, most of us work at home, well, a lot of us, and at least all of us did at one point, but like yeah. a lot of us work from home, we're, we're starting to see more of a, uh, a stark difference between the way that we learn at work and the way that we learn at home. Yeah. And so if we want to bridge that gap, I think there's a, there's definitely a, a, a deep desire. The problem is that thinking differently doesn't make any money. Yeah. So it's the same, it's the same story, different, different day, same chapter different characters, you know, it's, that's always going to be our fight because again, L and D has a budget of $8 and they only bring in $0. So how can we talk anybody into letting us do mm -hmm. something that costs more than that? Mm -hmm. And that's that. And it's, and a lot of it is fear of change. A lot of it is fear of change. A lot of it is fear of that, but a lot of it just comes down to money. It doesn't mm -hmm. make money. Yeah. And that, that kind of, when I think about that, sometimes I get mad. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, what am I doing? Er, you know, like, er, I get mad. Yeah. Why am I even here? Yeah. But I'm here because I want people to think differently. Someday, augmented reality will be have the same seat at the table as e-learning. Because if we think about it, like mm -hmm. e-learning took a long time to catch on. Mm -hmm. A long time to be democratized to the point where everyone can kind of do it. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it's, it was like a 20-year run before it became commonplace Normal. and we're not we're not 20 years in with ar not yeah. in learning anyways yeah so we've got some time but yeah that's that's sort of my my take on that yeah that makes sense well thank you so much for this betty it really helped me talk think through kind of how i want to use this stuff you have some great great insights and thoughts on just how to get started with this. Cause I am at the very beginning of this journey. So I'm excited to yeah. have people like you around me to, to help me figure it out. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'll definitely link in the show notes to, if you ask Betty, like you said, great podcast to listen to highly recommend it. Um, I hope you have, uh, enjoy the rest of your Friday and I hope you have a good weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you liked the discussion, make sure to hit like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. As a reminder, if your team is struggling keeping up with the training development demands of your organization, we want to help. 
Better Everyday Studios is a full-service instructional design team that can help you with everything from ideation to actual content creation and delivery. Please reach out to us using the link in the episode notes below. Have a great day.